Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin, and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. It's a full house, six fields, in this league fixture between Northampton and Bradford Park Avenue. The players look resplendent in their new t-shirts, and look at these fans in their replica outfits. Spiffing, dear boy. Good show. And there's a goal. Northampton's inside right celebrates by handing his top to a fan in the crowd. He'll treasure that for years to come. You don't have to travel back in time to look as resplendent as a 1930s football team. Just visit the It's All Cobblers to Me store on teespring.com. The referee blows his whistle. Another fine win for the boys in Clarence. Good show. Tell me, it's 1920. What is a podcast? Anyone know where the bus stop is? again and he's got it Gavin was closing in oh Gavin has scored Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three yes! 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 Get it! hello Cobblers fans so much for six more wins Paul Val hammered the defining nail into our playoff chasing coffin Keith Curl went all stone-cold Dean Austin in the post-match interview, and things have got so bad, even the prospect of an afternoon's drinking in Hooters wasn't enough to convince Neil to join us in Nottingham this coming Saturday. I'm Charles, and joining me as usual are Neil and Danny. This is It's All Cobblers to Me. I'm Chris Hargreaves, and it's all cobblers to me. We start the show this week with the news that former cobbler Ryan Cresswell has been facing up to his struggles with alcohol. Here's Ryan talking to Sky Sports News. So the class did as a functioning alcoholic because I was drinking when I was training. So then I'd stop. But I'd stop for two days. And then it'd be, just have one. And then that one would turn into another two days on it. Kind of thing. We, we've trained in between. And I'd go on my own to the pub. Uh, I'd, I'd uh, latch on to a couple of locals. And then they'd leave. And then I'd probably latch on to another couple of locals. I drank to the state where I could walk home, act normal, but I'd blacked out. At the time, I didn't, I didn't see it, but I did. That's just me being, that's just denial, in it? 
You can hear the full interview with Ryan on the Sky Sports News website. We already knew a little bit about Ryan's battle with drink from his appearance on another podcast a few weeks ago, but that doesn't make what he went through to any easier to take, does it, Danny? No, it doesn't. Um, I think we're seeing more and more professionals coming out and talking about this kind of thing, aren't we? About their struggles, be it alcohol, gambling, depression. Um, I think it's it's really important, I think, in particular for for men who are in this world, this like, crazy footballing world, um, where you kind of imagine it to be quite a macho environment, don't you? And you don't really think about, they talk about feelings too much or think about feelings too much. And sometimes it can be probably a little bit overwhelming for, for people. And I think society is hopefully and thankfully changing, I think, with this kind of thing. And it can only be a good thing that people like Ryan are coming out and talking about it. Must be tough, mustn't it? As a, well, not just as a professional footballer, as a professional, any professional sportsman or woman. Um, so they get so much downtime, don't they? And they're pretty well off, especially footballers and top-end sports people. It must be pretty hard to to not get addicted to to something. Be that you, you know, you've seen it, haven't you, with Paul Merson and gambling. Um, some of them are rumoured to have done drugs and all that sort of thing, aren't they? So it must be hard with that much downtime to to fill your time. And if you're pretty well off and comfortable, I know even at you know League One, League Two level. That, you know they're not millionaires or anything like that, but you know they're they're better off than we are, right? So and they're comfortables when they've got just got so much free time. So it must be really hard. It made me really think because for me, I finish work sometimes and I, I go to the pub and I basically just go to the pub I always go to and I end up talking to whoever's there. Now you know I, I know people that drink in that pub. They're in there a lot more than me, but it made me sort of think what he said about how he just sort of went to the pub. He'd have a couple of drinks. He'd be talking to a couple of people. They'd leave, and he'd then latch on to another couple of people, and he would just keep doing that all the way through. And I think he said that basically he, he drank until he was basically, you know, blacked out, but still able to walk home. I mean, that's a that's an awful lot of you know drinking that he's doing, and that's. I think he was talking about how he would do that, you know, two or three days running training as well I think then he said sometimes that it was it was drinking before training and things like that so definitely a tough time for him but I think he seems to be sort of coming out the other end of it now doesn't he he's said he's 215 days I think it was when the interview happened without a drink and he's, he's playing for Boston kind of trying to work work his way back up again and just I think it's sort of good good in a way that he's come out and, and shared it now and he's got his Footballers have such a place as a as role models, don't they? And and to see somebody come out like that for, for Cobblers fans and fans of other other teams that he's played for, and um, again, I guess Boston fans who have gone to watch him now and things like that, just just to kind of have that have that kind of assurance that he can speak about these things and can kind of get help about it. So, uh, good luck to him, and because he seems like he's he's doing really well now. Yeah, I think for me, one of the things that is is so shocking about this is the fact that. The, we're, we're talking about the, the season that we won the league. That's when this was happening. So when when the club was on a massive high, one of our players was actually at pretty much the lowest point of his whole life. He says it all, doesn't it? You kind of it says it all about the kind of the pictures you see and the photos in the paper and the, the videos and things of of this public face that that they must put on, and such a such a difficult thing, I guess, to kind of come through. Well, we wish Ryan all the best and look forward to seeing him playing back in the Football League as soon as possible. I'm Chris Freestone and it's all cobblers to me. Right, let's take a look at the latest contender for the worst game of the season award. Right footed from Bridge, that's Dixon. Hit the puddle, Jerry. And it's Pounds on the cobbler inside the first three minutes. Hart's pull back as Andy Williams almost dispossesses uh, Joyce inside his own half. And then he does dispossess, but he's pulled back by the centre-back Leon Legg. That could well be a red card. Here we go! Red card! Leon Legg, the Port Vale centre-back, is sent off here. Worrell is clean through here for the equaliser, and he scores! And Port Vale down to ten men have got themselves back on turn. Ball crosses the back post, slightly overcooked. The bell play goes down and Ruffy's just penalty, does he? Here we go, Pope right-footed. And say, oh no, to the net! Saved by Cornell, but he couldn't keep it out. He got a hand to it, but the momentum took it past him. And Port Vale, who were a goal down and down to ten men, 
have come back to leading this game by two goals to one. And if the Cobblers lose this game, well, shame on them. They really shouldn't be doing so. So we're sending the whole squad right down the high street in Northampton, ringing a bell, shouting shame. Is that what we're doing now, boys? Well, they'd probably mess that up somehow, though, wouldn't they? They'd be in the wrong high street. <laughs> Go the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, they'd, they'd, somehow they'd, do it. they'd get it wrong, wouldn't they? Um, no, it was, it was terrible, wasn't it? Uh, Danny, you were there, weren't you? I was there, um, and I was waiting to... I thought it was going to be another Hoskins-filled podcast for a bit, but... Didn't really turn out that way in the end, did it? I was, I was kind of right, right there. I was kind of mentally preparing myself for, for another Hoskins special but, uh, after that goal. But um, yeah, pretty, pretty much of a shambles after that, wasn't it? I it? It was my least enjoyable game of the season, and we've had a fair few. That's saying something, um, isn't it? Yeah, I, it was almost the game that broke me this season. I think, and I, and I said immediately after, right, that's it. I'm done with this season. I'm not. I, I refuse to go again this season, and I'm going to stick to that. Um, which doesn't help my input for this podcast. So sorry about that, Charles. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was so, such a frustrating game to watch. And it was such a, how can I describe it without swearing? Um, such a diabolical performance. I mean, even we went one up obviously after three or four minutes, which was great. But then after you just kind of think, well, you know, and they were there for the taking, weren't they? We were messaging during the game, Danny, and they, they were there for the take and they weren't a good side. They, no, they were poor. a poor, poor team. Yeah. And poor. We made them at times, we just made them look capable of playing football. And we, and we left ourselves, even when, you know, we went one up and then they went down to 10 men and you thought, right, brilliant. We'll, we'll push on a little bit. We weren't playing particularly well, but we were still comfortably the better team. And, they scored obviously just before half time, which was ridiculous defending. I don't know who's to blame. I've not watched it back, but I'll blame Ash Taylor. So Ash Taylor's <laughs> fault. Um, obviously, they scored an equalised, which can happen, you know, a breakaway goal or whatever and stuff. So you kind of, okay, look, game for half time, regroup and stuff. And then the second half was such a non event for from a cobbler's point of view. I mean, the first 10 minutes of the second half, they had two or three chances. They could have been a couple of goals ahead. Um, and then obviously they they we we made the change. Did we make the change before they went two one up? Either way, we made that change where we, we took off Andy Williams, didn't he, and and brought on Dean Bowditch, and um, took off someone else and brought on Timmy Ellsnick. Was it McWilliams that went off? Um, Bowditch did score though the last week, didn't he? Well, I don't care, Charles. He's crap. Um, I kind of understood a little bit his thinking behind. Look, we're getting overrun here, despite them only having ten men, which, by the way, is ridiculous. But they were getting through, and we were getting overrun. So I can kind of understand his thought process in putting someone else in midfield. What I can't understand is why take off Andy Williams instead of Marvin Sordell. Mar- Marvin Sordell, he-, he offered nothing on Saturday. He's offered very little while he's been with us, and I know he's coming back from injury, and I know he's he struggles, and. But he just seems to be made of glass. Every time he gets gets a knock, he's just on the floor for about five minutes getting treatment and stuff. And I, I just couldn't understand. I could understand what he was trying. Keith Kerr was trying to do, but I couldn't understand Williams instead of Sordell. It was Sordell that also basically gave the ball away ridiculously cheaply for Vale's equaliser. I, I, I don't know whether he... I, I don't know what he was thinking. He just seemed to just sort of give it the softest touch in the world that went straight to the Vale defender, who then basically played a through ball that that cuts Ash Taylor and David Buchanan in half and their striker just races through and and then scores. That all came from Marvin Sordell losing possession in just outside of the Port Vale box. We were on the attack. He just doesn't look interested, I don't think. And he does show the odd nice touch here or there and stuff. And so you can tell there's, a, there's definitely a, a decent player in there somewhere, but he just looks so disinterested. He just sort of ambles around. And I guess he's probably one of those players that is never going to be tearing it round after defenders and stuff. But that's just not his style, which is fine if you're contributing in other ways, but he's not contributing in other ways. I just couldn't understand the theory behind it. Do you think that maybe... Remember the the article that that he wrote 
Um, is it for was it for four four two magazine or four four two dot com yeah. whatever it is now? Yeah, four four two magazine. Yeah. So when he first arrived, the first uh, article that he actually wrote that came out after transfer deadline day was about you know making a move on transfer deadline day and about how difficult it can be to sort of just suddenly up sticks and move and how hard it can be to then actually get yourself into you know, the team and and to actually then play well. I mean, do you wonder whether maybe what he said in that article is just coming true for him here at Sixfields? Uh, no, I think he's just a, a player that's on his way down. And I think, you know, he's he's got some well-documented troubles, hasn't he, off off the field as such with his, with his mental health and stuff. And I think perhaps he's just one of these footballers that, you know, realizes there is more to life than football, perhaps, and it's it is not his number one priority anymore. And obviously, I, this is just my view. I mean, I could, could be completely wrong, um, but that's just how I how I view it and what I think is that he's on his way down as a footballer, and I don't think he'll ever perform to a great standard or a great level again. I think he's he's sort of on the wind down almost, and it, he's, he's what he's only twenty eight, isn't he? Um, I just just how I view it, I just he just looks disinterested, and you know, he doesn't. He doesn't really contribute anything and you know he's I don't know I just it's just frustrating and it was very frustrating on Saturday um to lose to such such a poor football team when they've only got 10 men let's look at another one of our loney players Charlie Goode we've been raving about him up until the last couple of weeks last week he gives away um, well, pretty much gives helps to give away the penalty last week at Cheltenham uh, by playing the ball into the path the on rushing on-rushing striker, Ryan Hughes, basically is just there and bundled over in the box and somehow that's a penalty um, to Cheltenham. And then Charlie Goo gives away a penalty this weekend against Port Vale. Now, I have looked at it and I'll be honest, the, you know, the camera isn't the best angle to be able to see what really happens. So I'm just going to take my, the referee's word for it and say he did foul whoever it was that was rushing into the box. I was right by it and right in line. Charles, uh, so I can give you some insight because I was sat in the East Stand. Go on, um, and oh, the, it, the AR. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> Neil, uh, Neil, assisted referee. <laughs> NAR. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Um, Never turn it now. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very, very soft, but he did put his hand on him. Um, the, 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 their player knew what he was doing immediately he felt the touch he threw himself down and my instant reaction when I watched it was like that's never a penalty but actually thinking about it like a few minutes after he's, you put your hand on him in the box what do you expect so I, I, we'd, if it had been the other way around we'd have expected it and then if we'd have watched it back and seen it back we'd have been like that's a penalty that's fair enough that's absolutely no problem at all I've got no issue with it whether it was a penalty or not the question I've got for you Danny is, is uh, after all the praise that we'd been given and I don't mean just us on the podcast but fans in general had been giving to Charlie Good about saying about how much he cares you know loanies don't all often show that kind of emotion and passion playing for a club that they're only with for potentially a few months he seems to have gone off the boil now don't you think um I wouldn't say completely off the boil I wouldn't say it's gone just because the two penalties that he's given away it's obviously disappointing that he's gone and given these two penalties away but I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's completely gone off the boil and then I mean on Saturday it was a collective just shower wasn't it all over the pitch so uh, you can single anyone out really um and I, I still think he's the best defender that we have um not saying a lot but um I'd, I'd still like to kind of see him given the chance to to come here full time if, if if I was given the option to, I, I think he's he's done pretty well. I don't think you can take that away from him just for the penalties. There was a high in the match, especially for Danny, which was Sam Hoskins getting his name on the score sheet. Very simple tapping, but I mean to be honest, we've all seen him miss from there. That's the sort of goal we want him to be scoring. I think you're really um, underdoing it there, Charles. I think Tim Oglethorpe really and under described it as well on the radio. I can't. I mean, I can't believe we've missed the fact that he's done a flick up to himself and an overhead kick into the top <laughs> corner. But I mean, I don't. And I know we lost the game, but still disappointing that that's been sort of discarded in a lot of ways. And any other day, it would have been picked up on by all all the media and tweeted out and everything. And shame for Sam, but that's five. It's five out of ten. Five to go. No big deal to win, now, is it? 
it's good he was in that position, isn't it? Um, he needs to do more of that. He needs to add those sort of goals more to his game because that's the one criticism you can definitely level at. Well, actually, one of the many, I guess, but one of the main ones is his end product. Um, so the more simple things he can get like that, then great. Like you said, though, Neil, that, that you could level that at every single player that you know is an offensive part of the team this season. How many tappings have we scored this year? I can't think of many. We ain't scored that many all season, have we? <laughs> <laughs> but you you think about it and you go, well, you know, if you think back to the championship winning season, a lot of the goals were basically balls in from the wings and then Rico t- tapping them home or James Collins tapping them home. There weren't many individual efforts or screamers from outside the area. There was an no, awful lot of balls. There were a few, don't get me wrong. But I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, the vast majority of the goals came from the wings, you know, the wingers sending the ball across for essentially either a tap-in with the foot or with the head. That's not happened at all this season, really. No, we don't, don't score many simple goals at the moment, do we, really? Um but I just think it's been a it's been a problem all season, on and off. Creativity, hasn't it? Um, we don't create a huge amount, really, um, which is part of the problem, I guess. Um, and we, I mean, Andy Williams is probably the one closest that's scored a few sort of tap-ins and stuff, mm-hmm. hasn't he? Um, yeah, he's he's that kind of out and out goal scorer, isn't he? Yeah. That will instinctively score and. Yeah. John Joe's it's, usually John Joe's usually good for a few, isn't he? Um, but he's not not been firing this season really. He's got a couple, didn't he? To get one, was it at Crew? He scored that one from the six yard box. He did. Yeah, I think I think Williams again is like you said earlier. Neil, he's just so so frustrated. I think from from being taken off. I think we've we've mentioned it already that that's the that was a massive turning point in the game. I think that the fact that that's when the crowd turned. I think when when again. The question again, Curl's tactics um, mid-game. I feel like he's he's got a plan to start off with, which is fine, and seems to be doing well. But as soon as something happens, he needs to change. He just doesn't seem to be using the right personnel to do it. And you know, fair enough, we want to bring in a creative player in midfield, like, but that's not really Dean Bowditch, I don't think. Um, <laughs> what? And and he said he said didn't he? He said um, he wanted the extra man in midfield, and we needed the creative player to open him up. And not sure Bowditch is that person. Um, <laughs> Elsnick potentially could be on his table. He hasn't really done it, um, but but I just think Williams has been really, really unlucky um, through the whole of Kells' reign. And I think there's something going on there that he doesn't really like him as much. He's not going to be um, here next season. Is he? He's not as he was. No shame. chance. No, no chance. It'll be um, he'll be out, and who will we get in? What's his name from Cambridge? Um, Jabo. Jabo Ibiri. Yeah. Pace up front. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Sweet to look forward to. Hello, I'm the voice of Gaviscon, Max Rushton, and it's all cobblers to me. We had an attacking free kick, Charles, and there was two players lined up over the ball. Can you guess which two players would be lined up over an attacking free kick for a shot on goal? <laughs> can I can I guess who should be or who was? Who was, who should be, who would you think? Well, I, I, I would have probably... Especially seeing as he was playing, Jack Bridge would be one of my first choices now to be over a free kick. I Sam Hoskins, because he's a striker. You'd, Sam you'd Hoskins? Hope, well, you'd hope he'd at least be able to try and hit the ball towards the goal. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, it was Charlie Good and Ash Taylor, wasn't it? It was, it was genuinely <laughs> ridiculous. And I think that was at the moment where I sat there, I watched them lining up the free kick. And I think I said I turned and said to my boys, "I went, we're going soon. This is <laughs> I, I, it, unbelievable." What wasn't that the first half? It, it was <laughs> it, uh, um, genuinely unbelievable. What, what's going on that you've got? It, it was wasn't even far from the box, was it? It was probably what twenty five yards out, maybe. You've got mm-hmm. Ash Taylor and Charlie Good. So one's a centre back, straight right back. One's a something. He's a big lump, basically. Centre back. Uh, centre apparently a centre back. <laughs> Taking uh, it's ridiculous. Who made that decision? And what does Ash Taylor do in training as well? Like he must put these into the top corner every week. No way. <laughs> he seems to be allowed. He seems to be allowed to shoot from forty-five yards and take these free kicks all the time. And it's so. Why? What is it? It was ridiculous. I, anyone? G- 
Anyone would be better. Buchanan taking yeah, it would have been. He would have been. You know, he's took some corners and stuff, hasn't he? And uh, he... send Di Cornell up. But genuinely, I could have took a better free kick. But someone that someone at half time did shoot the boot a bit better than that free kick as well. It's <laughs> just when when you see. I'll shoot the boot. It's not shoot the boot. It's, it's something else. <laughs> the skip thing. The skip challenge. <laughs> shoot the skip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that listening to it on commentary, you had Tim Oglethorpe on commentary say that. It, it was going to be Ash Taylor or Charlie Good in a in a David Louise style. That's what he thought was <laughs> I mean, going to happen. When have they ever and, done anything like that before? I know. <laughs> but then straight after that free kick was taken, and at half time, Ian Benjamin, who was the um, you know the co commentator, the analysis person that was on this week, he was saying, "Why have you got?" two defenders taking a free kick in that sort of position. He was asking exactly the same question as we are right now, but he he wasn't asking it of the management or the coaching staff. He seemed to be pointing the blame at the players themselves and saying, why isn't the striker stepping up to hit that ball? Yeah, uh, he's right. When I used to play Sunday, fo- Sunday league football with our centre-back or if our left-back who I actually know our left-back was pretty good but our right-back who was atrocious if he'd have rocked up to take a free kick I'd be like no get back I'll have this or someone else can have it that can actually kick the ball properly and, and aim it towards it was ridiculous on Ian Benjamin by the way Charles I left early and um and the car on the way home they were just discussing and, and Tim Oglethorpe asked Ian Benjamin, he said, uh, obviously a poor result today and they've not performed very well. Uh, but Benji, can you at least see the makings and, and the nucleus of a good side here for next season? And, and Benji's simple response was no. No, I can't. Which which says it all, doesn't it? And he doesn't watch us very often, obviously. Um, but he also knows what he's talking about because he's, he's, he's a scout for another football league club. Yeah. So if he's being hired and paid to go and watch football matches to see how good either the teams are or certain players are, then you've got to take his opinion, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. And he and he went on to say, you know, there's a there's no pace in the team. There's no like dyna, dy, what's the word dynamicism. I can't say the word. It's like dyna, Joey dyna. Joey Schifano all over again. <laughs> Dynana, say it for me, Danny. Dynamism. Dynamism. I don't know. <laughs> None of us know. Neil. Of us Move know. on. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, you were saying there's no pace, there's no creativity, there's no um, real athletes in the team. That they all looked pretty unfit and they all looked a bit labouring. There's no leadership. He was just ripping into them, and it's stuff that we've said before. And and yes, we had that, you know, that four game winning run and eight match unbeaten run and stuff. But uh, I think the the true the true team is what we saw on Saturday. Um, I, I don't think there's enough winners in the team or in the squad. Uh, I definitely don't think there's enough leadership. Uh, I don't think there's enough people that care. Uh, and that points to that free kick situation. If, if you're thinking about it and using your head and stuff, and if, I don't know, if you're Jack Bridge or or even Andy Williams and you're looking across and you're thinking, oh God, why is it Ash Taylor and Charlie Good standing over this for you? Well, I'm getting over there and I'm taking this. It, it just didn't sit. You need to take responsibility, don't exactly, you? Exactly, yeah. On the pitch. Uh, and it, it was just one of those games on Saturday. It was, it was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Um, and I left after 80 minutes and I rarely leave early. Um, but I'd had enough and and I won't be going back this season. Caveat to that, unless we beat Notts County 5-0, in which case, happy days, I'm back on board. Well, after the game, Keith Curl said, Is another manager coming in? Are you telling me that another manager is going to come in and get something different out, out, out of that lot in there? Good luck with that one. Oh, sorry. That was Dean Austin after the Mansell game in September. What Keith actually said was that some of the players think that they are better than they are and that they think the season is already over. I'm pretty sure we've heard that before as well. And I'm looking at it and going, well, I don't think that they've got the balls to want to go and play in League Two. Maybe some people think that they are better than what they really are. Maybe Dean was right all along, eh, Danny? It sounds like he was, wasn't it? Um, he was right all along, and I think we've said it many times that 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 we've kind of seen this kind of performance and and thought maybe Dean Austin was right all along. Um, and it's no coincidence that two or three managers have now said the same thing. Um, I feel like we've had the same kind of core of players for for too long, and we can go on decent little runs. Um, not sure where it came from that little eight eight match and beaten run, but at the time we were thinking of the playoffs and thinking like. 
you know, we, we are sneaking up. We're, we're getting a bit excited about it. And and then along come two pretty poor performances, and especially Saturday. That, and I think Keith Carl's right. And I mean, I, I don't agree with his tactics a lot of the time and his substitutions and stuff. But on the other hand, what he said after the game, I feel like summed up what supporters are thinking at the minute. Yeah, I think he's he's the only thing I could fault with his his post match interview was he, he he could have accepted some responsibility himself. I think um, mm. you'd argue that I guess he thought he was doing the right thing, and he's tried to explain it since, hasn't he? Um, but I think what you said about the players is right, and I think you know we've known that for a while, haven't we? And we need a big clear out in the summer and budget depending, I guess. We, we don't know what the budget's going to be and stuff, but I, I'd I'd be happy to see them all go, I think. I don't think I'd be that fussed about keeping any of them. Um, I don't feel any real affiliation to any of them anymore. Um, they've let us down so many times. Even John Joe now, I think he's outstayed his welcome, hasn't he? He's not the same player. Um, and... He gave it away straight away, didn't he? Since first he thing he did, wasn't it? So that's what the um, that's where the penalty yeah. came from. So it's, uh, I'm, um, yeah, I, I've, I've had it with this bunch. To be honest, I'm, I'm ready for change. Um, and I think th- there is some blame to be levelled at Keith Curl's door. Um, but I think we've got to remember he, he has only had the January transfer window, which is notoriously a tough time. And I think there is an argument that the players he brought in in January haven't really improved us. Um, Maybe, you know, the one you could say was a good addition was Charlie Good. The others haven't really done much at all, have they? Um, but I think you've got to give him the summer and you've got to give him that time to to have his own, his proper own team. And, and then and then we can properly judge him. Um, I know there's been a few calls already for when you look on the hotel end and stuff and on Twitter. There's been a few calls for, you know, Keith Curl to go and boring football. But uh, short memories, I think we do need to remember that when he took over, we were we were rock bottom, weren't we? Um, and mm. he's done the job. He's, he's kept us up this year, which is what the job was: come in and keep us up. And uh, I think, I think Keith Curl's playing the longer game a little bit. And and you know he's he's planning for the future, and he's you know he's planning for the summer already, like he said. And and I think we just need that little bit of patience, as frustrating as it is. Um, I think we've got to stick with him and and just trust him a little bit in, mm. in the summer and, and give him a chance to mould his own squad rather than these charlatans that he's managing at the moment. Going back to what you're saying there, Neil, about the the players, it's, it just and sacking Keith Cole, it just doesn't make any sense again to sack a manager because then you're stuck with, again, the same group of players pretty much. The new manager comes in, they probably give it a little bit in training and earn another contract and you go around another cycle. Um, I just don't think that's the answer at all. Um, and like you, I'd be happy with wholesale changes in the summer. Um, I think for him to have the chance to bring in players who were actually going to do simple things, going to do the simple things right, like he was asking them to do, um, and who actually know how he works and will get on with how he works. Because not not every player will get on with how Keith Carl works, I don't think, and not everyone will respond to that. And it doesn't look like these players are responding to it. So definitely uh, a time for, for patience and kind of looking ahead to the summer. Would, would you, bar the youngsters, so, so bar... Are the youngsters? Mm-hmm. Would you would you keep any of them? Um. Well, obviously Hoskins stays. Yeah. He's um, got captain contract season. anyway, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I delivered that <laughs> deadline day. Remember. Um, if if I had the choice, I'd keep Williams as an option. Um, I would possibly keep Good and try and sign him up. Um, apart from that. The rest who I would probably keep would be end up being squad players. I mean, like Foley, I think would probably be a decent enough squad player to. I mean, but yeah, not not all really. Apart from what that. about you, Charles? Uh, for me, I would probably. I, I think we had this conversation, didn't we, the other day? Um, and I think I said something like I'd keep Cornell as a number two goalkeeper. That is not a right back, um, and then. I'd probably keep. Uh, it's hard, isn't it? I keep Charlie Good and build a defence around him. Um, I might keep David Buchanan just on the basis that he seems to be Mister Northampton Town 
at the moment. We're assuming um, we're assuming that Pierre's off. Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll go definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, saying that. Yeah. That, that that was my reason for not mentioning him because he's probably off. So. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, in an ideal world, absolutely. Yeah, of course, he'll go, yeah. he'll go, and it won't be for a lot of money either. No. But he'll want to get back to League One, won't he? At the end of the day, he came to us from Wickham because we'd gone up to League One, and Wickham was still in League Two, and. You know, knowing seeing what's happened this year with players just going back to where they come from, he'll probably go back to Wickham. Yeah, yeah, he might do. Have to swap. Uh, in terms of in terms of attacking players, I, I wouldn't keep any of <sighs> no, them. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I, you know, and I see what you're saying about Andy Williams, but uh, Danny, but I, I just don't see how. Uh, I, for me, he is unless you're going to go and buy. To really, you know, you're going to go and buy Ricky Holmes and Nicky Adams, and, and I mean the 2015 16 versions of them. Um, unless you're going to go and do that, then actually, I don't think he's the type of player that you want. And I don't think, you know, Keith Curl's going to go and buy two exciting wingers. Well, we don't know, do we? I guess I, I would only, I'd maybe, maybe keep Charlie Good. I think, um, kind of understand what you're saying about Buchanan, um. As a, as a squad player, as a backup, um, potentially okay. I, I think more of a, more of a, as a captain, as somebody that knows what it what it is to play for the club. You know, one of the one of the things that's been levelled at the the, the the whole club this season has been that there's been no identity. You know, of, of the team. Well, if you get rid of every single player and bring in, you know, and we're talking like eighteen to twenty players. Potentially, um, you know, then, then who knows what it's what it's meant to play for Northampton Town? David Buchanan, at least, having been here for so long, having lifted a League Two trophy, having done all of that work in the community, in the town, knows exactly what it's like to play at this club. He, he clearly does like playing for Northampton and and likes working in that in this area. So keep him as the person that's basically going to turn around to every new member of the playing staff that comes in and say, this is what we expect. Yeah. That's why I'd keep him. Yeah, I understand this. Not necessarily because he's a good enough left back. As an expensive person as a cheerleader, though, then. Uh, yeah, but hasn't, hasn't, he, hasn't he got a contract... Still, uh, I don't know. I need to check. He potentially might have. Yeah, um, I kind I don't disagree with you. Um, I think it's interesting, isn't it? And maybe now's the time to touch on um, what what the club paid to agents. Um, did you see that report that came out? Yeah, it was ninety odd thousand pounds, wasn't it? We're top of the league, aren't we? We are top of the league. Yeah, and it's it's from yeah. January last year to January this year. Is that right? Yes. So yep. it's a calendar year's worth of agents fees. And in fairness, the amount of transfers that we made last January and the amount of signings that we've made this January and in the summer, I'm not, the amount, the actual amount of money doesn't surprise me. The fact that we're top of that table surprises me, but the actual amount itself I don't think is a surprise. No, it... It makes sense, doesn't it? From we've had a, we had a very busy January last January, um, and again so this January, didn't we? So it you can kind of understand, you know. And it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I remember when when this came up a couple of years ago, there was uh, we were quite low down, and we'd, we'd we'd not paid much to agents at all. And there was there was definitely some comments on Twitter saying, well, you know, no wonder we've got a, a poor team. We're not you've got to pay to get the best, if that makes sense. And now we're top. <laughs> We've spent 90-odd grand. It just shows, doesn't it, that actually, you know, you don't need to. Um, it's a difficult one because I, I don't really like football agents and, and I don't like that money going to football agents, but all players seem to have an agent now, don't they? Is it is it a concern, 90-odd grand to, to agents? I, I think only in terms of um, football as a, as a wider conversation talking point yeah and I, and I think it just proved that we didn't get value for money yeah. did we um we, we gave it a go wasn't it a few years ago when when obviously when when the cardozas were in charge feel free to boo um and and, and before 
long before any of the the you know the dodginess ended up happening. But wasn't there a year allegedly. that nothing alleged about it, Neil? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm sure there was a, a summer or um, a season where Cardoza actually said, you know, we're we're not going to be paying a lot for agents' fees, and like the the, the club kind of made a stand against it, and we were one of the yeah, lowest in the you know in the league for that season uh, in terms of how much we paid. Yeah. Um, to agents and you know we're, we're probably there's probably 10 years maybe a little bit more than that gone since and we're now you know basically gone and said now nah, well we'll just you, you want how much yeah go on then here's a check but you know we're off the league so something to celebrate is that what you're saying now yeah that's what i'm saying we are oh, going up i think it's it's probably linked into a little bit to the the five U sports stuff as well, isn't it? Where we thought we had X amount of money, so we got a bit cash cash happy, if you will. And uh like you say, some panic signings and all that sort of stuff. And it, it just shows that those signings didn't work out and we wasted a fair bit of money. Yeah. And it, we didn't just waste it on agents' fees. <laughs> That's just part of it. Uh shall we <laughs> move on to the post bag, Neil? So this week we asked for everyone's opinions on what they'd like to say to the players after Keith Curl gave them a bit of a dressing down to the media after the game against Port Vale. Um, Danny Brothers, that's you Danny, isn't it? Is that me? That's you. That's your full named you. You've been naughty. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You started us off with a suggestion for a love sonnet for Sam Hoskins. Did I? You did. It would maybe have been maybe uh, potentially was when you were drinking. I think. Um, it possibly was. I can't remember. What, I mean, a sonnet, and I could try and come have up you with got. One. Have you got another um, sonnet ready? We did tell you I to get it ready. Don't, but I could try and come up with one. Um, Sammy, what a great goal! You stuck it right in the hole. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We'll leave it there, Danny. That's enough. <laughs> An overhead uh, kick, give me a lick. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, I feel like this is just, you're just reading your diary now. <laughs> um, we've got one from Marvo, who simply said he'd like to say to them goodbye. Uh-huh. Simple. to the point. Is he going on holiday? Uh, potentially he does like a lot of holidays and he does like a lot of golf so so maybe uh, I think he's indicating that the players aren't good enough though Charles no I know surely I know. not <laughs> who would have thought it um, <laughs> I would have loved to see Keith Curl around them all up just get, get all right lads gather around gather around you know, just just calm down goodbye <laughs> off he walks <laughs> um, we've got Mark Mark Josiah on Twitter he suggests getting all the players to sit in the centre circle for two hours while the big screen plays the infamous post-match rant from Dean Austin on a loop. Um, and he'd like just just to stand there holding a, a bit of cardboard. So when the players look over, the bit of cardboard just says what he said, which I think is quite nice. Very um, similar to the uh, Phil Brown thing, wasn't it? That, well, you know, do you remember where the, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> Phil Brown gave him a ticking off on the pitch, didn't he? And then... Uh... The, the next week, Jimmy Bullard scored and they did the celebration at <laughs> the same thing. Um, I always think as well, just on the on the subject of celebrations, I always think that that's generally quite a good sign of sort of team spirit and togetherness and stuff when they you know they concocting these little celebrations and all that sort of thing, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. We've not had any of that this season, have we? They just sort of no, jump on each definitely. other or just sort of just little arm in the air and then back to the centre circle. Um, and I like to see a good celebration. I think it. I think it just shows a little bit. When was the last time we had a proper good, like rehearsed celebration? Bayo, Bayo had loads, Possibly. didn't he? Yeah, like the basketball thing in the world. I remember yeah. that. Maybe that's a question for next week. Um, Paul Cole on Twitter uh, says he'd like to say to them, "You're stealing a living." Goodbye. Similar vein. Cheery. I mean, I wasn't expecting Cheery. any um, positivity, really. No, 
No, um, I don't think there's much positivity to, to be said to them, is there? Um, Matt Nickel um, on Twitter also, he'd like to say, right, Taylor, sweep the changing rooms. John Joe, grow that ponytail back. Hoskins, keep booking those fan dates. Oh, and uh, Coddington, what's the point of you being here? Fair question. In case, uh, in case Cornell gets injured, isn't it? If you want to talk technically. Obviously. Poor Coddings. Maybe he'll get a game soon. Why not? I don't know. Do you think Cornell's actually done anything wrong this season? Not really, but North Cottington, is he? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I, I fluctuate with, with Di Cornell. Sometimes I, I'll, I'll think, oh, actually, no, he's all right. <laughs> Does that cost, him, cost you much, deal? Sounds like a lovely date. <laughs> I'm just going out fluctuating. With <laughs> fluctuating with Di Cornell. Listen to this that, podcast. Could be a new series. Masturbating with Sam Hoskins. Ejaculating. And now on, oh. Dave, we're going to show some arsehole <laughs> with Dean Austin. Oh, dear. That's it from the postbag this week. Uh, short and sweet. Um, there were a few other responses, which we... Well, they're X-rated, and uh, they're not they're not fit to to air to the public. Um, maybe we'll do them in a, in a special end of season, late night podcast, perhaps. But that's it for this week. Uh, look forward to the question next week. As always, you can get in touch on email, Twitter, Facebook, and on our website. Thank you, Neil. This Saturday, the Cobblers make the fairly short trip up to Nottingham, with most of the fans probably spending the afternoon in Hooters rather than watching the football. To help us preview the game, we welcome back a familiar voice, Crawley turned not County fan, Ashley Hoskins. Have you got your own half-and-half half scarf there then, Ashley? No. Just just support two clubs, do you? Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm a little bit done with Crawley now after... Uh... Travelling up to Northampton to watch that drab nil-nil draw a couple of months ago. I needed a little bit of excitement in my life and I've always been a fan of uh, Nottingham-born people like Darren Huckabee. So I switched allegiances, packed up my Bovril and uh, packed up my pet cat, Gail Platt, and moved, made the move north. So how are Notts County getting on then? Well, it just so happened after I arrived, we, uh, we beat... Um, Mansfield, Mansfield Town, you might know them as the Stags. Uh, so I thought, hey, up, I'm, I'm in here, I'm onto something. Then we won at Forest Green, we drew at the uh, the Lincoln Imps and uh, even won by a whole 3-0 at Stevenage Borough Stevenage. We uh, lost at home to Exeter, which was disappointing, and uh, drew at home to Morecambe, which was disappointing, and it's been a bit up and down since then, with some happiness, but some disappointment. Good. Okay. Of course, we're and, still uh, wearing the famous black and white shirts, and I think that might be an advantage this weekend. Okay. No, uh, do well, I think well, we'll stay you. up? No, no, I don't think we'll stay up, no. Okay. I uh, think we'll draw this game on, the, on Saturday the 6th of April, and I think it could be another nil-nil. Good. <laughs> Anything which, more which, to add? Which would be disappointing. Ashley, you like a bit See of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so that's Notts County fan Ashley Hoskins. So last time out, then uh, Notts County actually won a game three nil away at Stevenage. Um, to be fair, looking at Notts County's results, they've they've got an okay recent away form it's their home form that seems to be keeping them down in the bottom two um so hopefully with a bit of luck we'll be able to take advantage although i'm not going to hold my breath are you going to uh are you going to be holding your breath neil for a victory this weekend um i don't know charles i'll be on the golf course so um i don't really care mate if i'm honest um yeah no don't care um do what they want. Come on, Notts County. Okay. Let's hope Notts County win. Come on, come on, the Magpies. Oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah, it's gone that far. It's, it's all gone wrong. <laughs> I don't mean that. I hope we win. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I can't do it. You'll be sitting next to Ashley Hoskins in the stands. <laughs> I can't do it. I hope we win. Um, 
I mean, I mean we if, win, we win, if, if we win, we're mathematically safe, aren't we? So um, in some ways, it's a big six-pointer, isn't it? E-I-E-I-O. Yeah, you know, we can seal that security in League Two for another season. So let's let's go all guns blazing. As uh, Marvin Sordell said in his interview with local paper, the Chronicle and Echo, uh, mathematically, we can still make the playoffs. So uh, we'll be going all guns blazing because we still want to make those playoffs. Good. Well, um, Notts County's uh, current form uh, for their last five games, they've won two, lost two and drawn one. I mean, that's not exactly the form that you expect to see of a side that are in the bottom two at this late stage of the season, is it, Danny? It's not, but in some ways it is, isn't it? It's there's some, you know, A lot of time teams will kick on and pick up once when they're fighting for their lives. And um, it looks like they've been doing that. And I've got a feeling it's going to be Yeovil to go down and not Notts County. I, th- I mean, I tipped, not, I tipped um, Notts County for promotion at the start of the season. So obviously um, they're in the relegation zone, of course. Um, and I, I think they're going to get out of it. They'll probably start this weekend um, against us. Um, or carry on as their form's doing pretty well already. Um, seems to be on a bit of upward momentum. So I'm a bit worried about this one. Yeah, they've got uh, top goal scorer Kane Hemmings has scored 12 goals and uh, John Stead has scored 10. Who's that? Is, that, is, is Aaron Pierre still our top goal scorer? Is it, or is it Andy Williams? Has Andy Williams got 10 goals? Andy Williams has got nine goals, Charles, as soon as you asked the question. He is the top scorer. Nine goals. Quite clearly the top scorer, as soon as we can discount Kevin Van Veen and Matt Crooks. Um, Pierre's got five and Sam Hoskins has got five. Well, all competitions. Uh, so, yeah. So, so Notts County, who are 23rd in League Two, have two players that have scored more than 10 goals each. Or yes, but they haven't got the... How many have they scored altogether? Oh, I can tell you that. Their goal difference is minus 31. They have scored 41. Mm. How many have we scored? We have We've scored... F- yep, go on, Danny. 50, something. No, bang on, 50. A massive 50. Notts County have conceded a whopping 72. Ooh, that is a whopping, That's a whopping it? 72. We've conceded 20 less whopping goals. 72. Crikey. Oh, there we go. Well, well, there we go. Well, the referee for this weekend is Mr. Ben Toner. He's given out 96 yellow cards and five red cards in total. Um, his last two Cobblers games um, have resulted both in 3-0 defeats for us. Um, that was to Doncaster and Rotherham last year in League One. On the flip side for Notts County, the last games that he refereed for them was a 0-0 draw uh, with Wickham and a 1-0 loss at Swindon. Again, both of those were last season. He also refereed the 2-all draw between us and Notts County back in 2015-16 when we won the league. I think it's safe to say, Charles, uh, a bet on us not winning will be like printing money. Ben Toner could probably help you with that. He he probably could, Charles. Um, (laughs) What was his card record again, sorry? 96 yellows and five reds. In how many games? All of them. (laughs) (laughs) He's on fire. He's just standing out. Uh, I think it's 38 he's refereed this season. But So he doesn't seem overly card happy, is what we're saying. No, no, not overly. And in fact, with those red cards, out of those five red cards, three of them have been for second yellow card offences. So he's only given two straight red cards all season. Looks good on paper then, doesn't it? I think now is the time to to get rid of anyone that's leaving in the summer. And he'll know who he wants out. Don't play him. Now, don't, don't play him. Keep him out of the squad. Give the youngsters a go. Look, we're not going up. We're not going down. We've got, what, six games left. Just play the youngsters. The results don't matter now. It's We know the season's over. And, and the players know that, which I guess is partly due what happened on Saturday with the performance and stuff. And I think just, you know, play some of the youngsters, get them in the team. Let's have a look at them properly um, and, and see what happens. Do you know, one of the things that always annoys me is... Is it Danny? If we were... Yeah, it is Danny. <laughs> if we were in November right now and, you know, we just suffered that kind of defeat that we had on Saturday, 
before Christmas, then one of the things that, that the management of the football club and some fans would be saying is that we need to get back out there and, and prove that we're better than what we were. And, you know, and, and sort of, you know, pick ourselves up. And and the same team would be picked, more or less. They could almost say, we go again. Yes, exactly. And yeah, and if that happened in November, then they'd be sort of going, you know, well, we need we need the next game to come quickly. We need to go again. We need to just, you know, pick ourselves back up off the floor and all this, that and the other. And it would be a case of, you know, pretty much the same side being picked, more or less, probably. Um, you come to this time of the season and... You know, there's talk of players now playing for contracts or playing for. I think I think Keith Curl even said something about people playing for contracts elsewhere, and it's like, well, no, that you know, like you, Neil, I actually think all the people that he doesn't want at the club next year, just don't play them. They'll, they'll all have, I would imagine, appearance bonus fees in their contracts. So why give them to them? Why give them an appearance that will let them earn an extra £100 or whatever it might be? You know, if they're not going to be here next season, if they don't want to be here now, they want to put in an abject performance like they did on Saturday against Port Vale, well, that's it. You've had it. You're not going to be here next season, so there's no point in playing you now. There's nothing to play for for now, for the rest of this season. So, therefore, there's no need for me to take a look at you and to see you play in, in my team. What I want to do is I want to find out that out of the players that I've definitely got here for next season or at least to those that are contracted, and let's be honest, who's going to buy over any of our players that are actually in contract for next year? I highly doubt anyone's going to part with any money for them. So therefore, I'd rather use, rather see those players come and play. And if that means that we have to actually, you know, field the seven youth teamers who have all been offered pro contracts this season, then so be it. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And, and actually, the, the, the thing about, oh, well, they're playing for a contract and stuff. It really frustrates me, that sort of thing, when you get in, because they're getting near to the end of their contract. Oh, well, well, they'll suddenly start giving their all and and playing the best they can possibly do. Do that all the time, knobheads. Don't do that when it's coming to the end of the contract just to earn another contract. That that sort of thing really annoys me. Um, One thing I thought of, Charles, while you were were just talking then. Ranting is is the word you were looking for. Ranting, sorry, while while you were ranting, is I guess there is a an element of being fair to other teams in the league by by playing the best team possible, especially, you know, Notts County in a relegation battle. You, you can imagine how, you know, Macclesfield's manager or Yeovil's manager would see if, if you know, our team on Saturday was just, you know, had seven youngsters in it and, and Notts County rolled us over 5-0 or whatever. Yes, it's, it's great for us as a team and as a squad and as a club to bed those youngsters in and, and get them game time. But I guess there is a duty of care just to be, cautious and make sure that you're not giving teams a free hit i guess i want to pick you up on the words best team neil yes okay um well we haven't got a best team so who knows it could involve seven youth teamers (laughs) Uh, it's a fair shout um okay so (laughs) most commonly used team or you know the standard team would put out that you can't level at and say well you know it was unfair not county stayed up because they had that game against northampton when they played seven three-year-old or whatever um i just think it's probably something that you've got to be aware of isn't it yeah you're, you're probably right but if we go and win five nil no one can complain then can they so what, what Charles. to me i just can't no i'm ranting and i'm going to have the rant no but i just want to say if we win five nil on saturday i will shave my head great stuff <laughs> but i just think you look, look at it. I mean, Danny, what do you think? Would you would you rather us keep playing players that, that obviously aren't good enough to be here for next season when we've got nothing to play for ourselves now? Or would you rather actually see some of the youth prospects come in? George Cox is going to be coming back from, from Brighton soon after his long spell on, on the sidelines. Would you like to, you know, there's, there's rumours that we're basically going to sign him in the summer. I mean, if we're not going to, then why is he coming back here for the last five minutes of this season? Um, yeah, if we're not if we're not signing him, then that's a ridiculous decision. Yeah, um, yeah. If we're not signing him, I think he would have been sent back already. Wouldn't yeah, he? just been yeah. told not to. If, he, if he's not here next season as a permanent fixture, then I'll be incandescent with rage. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to no see one. that. Nobody wants no to see one that. No one at all. Right. But but you know, I, would you not rather see a team or at least you know? 
players that are more than likely going to be here next season and and do away with the players that Curl's obviously decided, no, not good enough, not going to feature in my team. Yeah, but I still still think there's some people that are on the fringes as well. There's still people that he's not quite sure about. And uh, he needs to kind of build up a picture of of what's here and sort of how they perform and... He's been here for 30 of them. Dean Austin had I'm talking about games. people like Junior Right. I haven't finished. He did, Dean Austin only had five <laughs> games, did he? It's um, Basically, I'm talking about people like Marias, who's, who's kind of been in and out the team for injury and, and all he, this. No, nah, he won't so, be so, so come, um, But... I don't feel like he's had a good enough, and he's talking about him, which is just one thing. He's talking about him coming back and uh, um, coming back into contention and stuff, which I don't think he would have been doing if if, uh, if he's not got any plans for him. And so I think I just think there's a few players that he's not completely sure of, and he still needs to take a look at. But I would, I just, I'm saying to you guys, just throw them, throw at least I'd like to see at least three youngsters. In at the weekend, um, I don't know what the fitness is like at the minute, but definitely someone like Morgan Roberts, I think, should be given a go. I think is is kind of got to the stage where he can be put in now. Um, if if Ryan Hughes can can be thrown in at Cheltenham, then I've got no reason why Morgan Roberts shouldn't be. Um, Jay Williams is obviously not playing. I mean, and I'm not sure who else is on out on loan as well, but obviously a few few youngsters out on loan. But as many as we can, I think we just. We we should just kind of be looking to the to next season and looking to get the right the right people in who who Cole knows are going to be around. I completely agree with you. I'd like to see um, Scott Pollock given a chance in an attacking midfield position. See if we've got any creativity in the youth. And I agree about Morgan Roberts as well. Um, I think you're bang on, Danny. Right. Let's get your predictions then. We'll start with you, Danny. Um, I'm interested to see uh, what impact this hectic start for them at nine o'clock every morning this week is going to have. I mean, I'm sure it's going to make a huge difference. Um, not sure what time they're usually in, but uh, it's been saying they're, they're all coming in at nine o'clock this week and you're like, well, what, what time do they usually get in? Well, they rock up at like 11 or something. But, um, so I wonder what impact that's going to make. Probably not much. Um, as for a prediction, I'm going for a draw because I think we can still catch that draw record. Um, and I'm going 3-3. Uh, blimey. Yeah. We, we, let's end the season now. We might as well have a disco, right? <laughs> Let me guess. Hold on. Is it a, is it a, a Danny Hoskins hat trick? It's uh, Hoskins will get a brace, which are taken to seven. And there's going to be a goal from... Jay Williams. Right, well, I, I'm going to go... Oh, I, I'm going with a loss, I'll be honest, boys. I'm, I'm fed up. Back teeth. I'm going with a 2-1 defeat. Back teeth. Not just any the teeth, back the teeth. Back. The back teeth are gone. That's it. Gone. I'm going with a 2-1 defeat and, and we'll get a lucky goal and it'll be Aaron Piera from a corner. Unless he's away with Granada again and they've not told us. Well, in that case, it'll be an own goal. In saying that, if do you think Keith Cole knows that Pierre's going to be going in the summer? Do you think he's made that plan already? Yeah. Does he play? It's a good question, actually. I suppose. I suppose no. Going going simply by my rant, then no. Yeah, I wouldn't play him. Play Jay Williams at the cent- at centre back in his actual position rather than sticking him in midfield. Still, um, yeah, play Jay Williams. Hmm. One thing we should mention, actually, and this this might change your prediction, but Notts County did today, at time of recording, announce that they were they've they've found a buyer for the club. So uh, some positive news coming out of uh, Meadow Lane. There Ooh, was it Morecambe <laughs> <laughs> with their four million. <laughs> yeah, go on then, Neil. What's your prediction? Uh, I'm going to go four one. Notts County. <laughs> what was that? Um, we got hammered there once, didn't we? Was it five two or something? Yeah. So when we, what did we have? Who do we have in goals? It's Simon Brown or someone like that. Someone got sacked. Was it Samo's first game or something? So we, did it, who scored? Someone. Stuart Gray got sacked. Someone rubbish scored. Was it Alex Dyer? Ah, Lee Hughes hat trick. 
Lee Hughes. Ah, was that was that when Notts County the year that Notts County had like cash with Michael and and all mm. all that money that turned yeah. out not to actually exist. Yeah. Who scored our goals, Danny? Uh, yeah, Alex Dyer put us in front, and uh, Matt Ritchie scored for them as well. Uh, and then Hughes, Hughes, Ritchie, Chris McCready got sent <laughs> off. Um, what a team we had! And Andy Holt. <laughs> what a team! Was that when Andy Holt was playing up front? Most likely. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, so 4 1, 4 1 to Notts County. Uh, our goal will be scored by the corner flag or something. And uh, yeah, like you, like you, Charles, um, I've had it this season. So 4 1, uh, actual goal scorer. Uh, God. Uh, Joe Powell. Okay. That's it for another week of self-deprecating cobbler's chatter. Thank you very much for listening. If you've not done so already, please hit subscribe so you get the next episode as soon as it is ready. Follow us on Twitter at Cobblers to Me and check out the Cobblers to Me store for t-shirts, phone cases, and more. The link is in the description. Thank you to the people who have already bought something from us. All the money does go back into making this very podcast. Thanks to Danny and Neil for joining me again this week. We're all off to watch some tits bounce around in Nottingham and we'll probably go to Hooters too. Goodbye. Booze. Oh, I miss my bus. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.